Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties. It is the Kid XAB. It's your boy D Float. And this week we are missing Distinguish. Yeah, a couple of things that he needed to do. Do you have an all man moment, my friend? <laughs> oh, my all man moment, I'm pretty sure it's everybody else's all man moment. <laughs> Get this nigga Trump the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Snake Get gotta this nigga go. the fuck out of here. He gotta go out here acting like he ain't get spanked. Nigga, you lucky. <laughs> you lucky, boy. You had points on the board. You lucky. Besides that, get that nigga out of here, bro. Yeah, we're going to talk about Trump a little bit more in depth. But yeah, this nigga is acting like he does not want to leave. Like, <sighs> Boy. God that's damn, the, they this, must be this, giving this nigga fellatio every day in the White House. Every day, <laughs> bro. Wednesday from Tuesday night until Saturday was an all-man moment. It was the nothing but anxiety, time. bro. Anx- high anxiety at that. High anxiety. Biting. Nail biting, son. Thank God, you know, shit didn't go super, super walky in terms of, like, riots and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's my all man moment. Well, my all man moment, uh, my all man moment has to just do with people being transparent. I think. We're lacking transparency in this day and age. And I am in the midst of a certain type of conversation that's just annoying to me because the other individual is just lacking the ability to just tell the truth or just be communicative about what they're feeling and why they're feeling it. They just cryptically say certain things or do certain things. And then it's like, you're supposed to just accept it. But you can clearly tell that there's something more going on to the story. So it's like, yo, if you're going to present me with an issue and then make whatever conclusion you want from the issue, that's your prerogative. That's your right. But understand that if you don't correctly articulate yourself you're not going to get the result you think you were entitled to or you deserved or you thought was going to happen because your communication skills are terrible and it's like you're asking for something but not giving anything in return you're asking for or you you're wishing for a certain type of result but you can't really get that result when you're trying to get it through not being honest or truthful so that's my all man moment for this week um but we're gonna get straight into the shits mike tyson versus roy jones they announced the the date 
That's November 28th. How you feeling, bro? Boy, that is going to be top level entertainment, my friend. I think it's going to be fun. I think I know a lot of people feel like Mike is going to get in there and just deliver the spanks. However, I feel like Roy Jones Jr. is going to do the shuffle McDuffle, man. He's going to do what he got to do. He He's going to definitely make it work. It's just going to be a good, I think it's going to be a good showdown. I it's, do think overall Mike will win, though. It's a high-quality ticket, for sure. Even with them being oldest, a high-quality ticket, I do feel like Mike might hurt that man if he give one solid point. Mike ain't lose a step. I know he's old. All right, let me not say he didn't lose a step, but him losing a step is equivalent to nothing in the boxing realm. Like, he lost a step, but it's still looking like he can knock you out in 2.3 seconds. I agree that Roy Jones looks like, you know, he's still got the agility, but... I don't know. I'm. I'm. I don't think it's gonna be a one round knockout like some people kind of are positioning it to be. But I do feel like if Mike gets a couple of, if he get them paws on him, we are gonna be like, stop the fight. I need y'all to stay. We're not gonna want to see that. I think <laughs> I, I have to agree. I think with Mike, one of the one things I could say with Mike, and, and from his recent training bouts and his different, you know, training things that we've been seeing online. I think what we all can expect is that Mike is going to get in there and give us a show. However, yeah. I think what Roy Jones already understands is if that right hook delivers. Because people <laughs> got to remember, you know, Mike likes to punch at his left hand, but he's really a righty. Like, when right, when that, when that right hook, he, all you got to do is dead, do, dodge the big hooks. You feel I me? Mean? Like, if that hook is one of them, if that hook drops, he's going to be dead. He's going to get weak in the knees. <laughs> And he's he going to fall over like a sack of potatoes. Listen, people, <laughs> understand that boxing is a sport, but it's still entertainment. They're going to get out there and they're going to give us a show. And it's going to be fun to watch because I'm I'm not a big boxing guy myself, but I do like to watch the big pay-per-views because I know it's going to be pure entertainment. I think Roy Joy Zuna is going to be quick on his feet. Mike is going to be throwing them big punches. And let's pray the guy that don't want don't land in the first or the second round. Give us at least five rounds, fellas. Five rounds. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Staying in the boxing realm, uh, Adrian Broner <laughs> got arrested <laughs> for flashing money on IG. But he has a pen. Well, he has a case that has been uh, determined that he owes the person that he assaulted uh, back in 2018, I think, uh, $800,000. But he told the courts that he only has $13 to his name. I'm trying to figure... <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out, bro. You are on the gram flashing money and had the audacity to say his friend lent him the monies for him to, the, to be on the gram throwing around. You are on the gram flashing money. But you know there was a case that was decided against you where you owe the the plaintiff uh, $800,000. What in the world would make you think it would be a good idea to just get on? See, social media at this point, I think, is really a disease. People really will do anything just to be seen or heard or have some type of moment. Even if the legality behind it is not in their favor. Yo, honestly, bro, I don't know if he, he probably thought he could get away with what 50 did. 
and claim he broke or really got money. <laughs> I don't think that Adrian Broner is broke. I don't think he's absolutely broke. I think no, he, I don't think he has thirteen dollars. I don't think he only has thirteen dollars. He I don't think he balling with a couple million, but I think he has enough money to sustain and and be comfortable in life. I just think that, like what you said, you got to be smart with these type of things. And if you know you have a court case pending, just lay low, bro. You know, chill out, eat eat good, do what you got to do. That's if, you, if you're trying to dodge payment, hey man, that that's your prerogative. You gotta do what you gotta do, but don't don't front on certain things like that, or you know, let them catch you in the strip club throwing five grand, or you and the gram posted up with mad bread, and then think the cops ain't watching. Like nigga, come on, son. Like if it's one thing that these rap songs have told us in the past is that the feds is listening. I don't know if you thought these niggas was joking. I don't know if you thought they were playing. Part of it, they're not really playing, bro. They probably watching, bro. Like, it's social media. Like, people have access to see what the fuck you're doing. And it may not even be dumb. The plaintiff might still be following him and sort of shit and been like, oh, word. I'm about to send this to the judge right now. This nigga ain't paid me in seven months? Why this nigga ain't paid me? Because he claimed he only got, he got less than 100 in his account and can't make payment right now? But boy, you only got $13 in your account. But you still living where you live. How you still got a condo? How you still got this? How you still got that? You still driving a, a fucking Maybach? Are you still driving a Range Rover? Like, come on, my nigga. Like, you, it, it, it's like, come on, bro. Like, like whatever I said about calling traffic me, dog. Traffic me. <laughs> Yo, so Little Wayne's girl. Well, it's reported that she left him after he endorsed Donald Trump. I heard another side of it that said that he left her after she told him not to support him or some shit like that. Either way, ha- have you ever been in a situation where polit- politics kind of like put a divide in the household or put a divide between you and somebody you were seeing? Or maybe even with friends. We could broaden it to friends not, too. Not necessarily in my relationship. But definitely with friendship, I've had disagreements with friends about pol- about political views, and um, definitely, you know, side eyes were drawn, or <laughs> people might have changed their perception of me or whatever. But as I said here, right here, on dad had some bow ties. I try not to mix my moral vision of how I interpret politics with how I make political decisions. I do look at people's actions and certain things. And sometimes it's just it comes down to a point where you really got to just see, you know, what they do that truly affects coming down to the day to day functionality of how I move. You know, for me personally, I and, you know, this is going to be a little bit of a controversial answer, but as much as I respect the Black Lives Matter movement and all these different things and. I'm proudly black and stuff like that. When it comes to my political views in in particular, unless the person in power are doing certain things that I feel affect my community directly. Now, granted, I've never defended Trump in particular. You feel me? Because Trump, Trump kind of started out the gate doing, I, I started to move when he got into power, just like this nigga Trump, might not make actually a bad president because he's a he's a businessman. He might do he might not do things 
that are that are ethically right, but he's going to make certain business decisions that's going to benefit you if you're a business person. But then he went, the first strike was the Immigration Act, and the nigga mm-hmm. ramped up ICE. That was my first, that was my first strike. I was like, oh, this nigga separating babies from parents and locking certain countries out. I was like, all right, this nigga doing a lot. And then <laughs> He's trying the to prove a point. Yeah, he's really trying to prove this point right now. He's really trying to prove a point right now. This nigga's going ham. And I'm just like, maybe it's not even him. Maybe just the people around him that want to push forward these these political agendas. And then there was the Muslim ban. And I was just like, all right, dog. You 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 going into uncharted like I right, my nigga like what what is your point now like what you got beef with yeah. niggas like what did, did someone <laughs> fiddle your button back in the deck what what is the problem did someone not approve your building plans in Dubai nigga like what's the issue and um it just kind of went continued then he then he made it a point to attack the healthcare plan nigga I'm on Obamacare what, what the fuck is going on here all right for, my nigga now now you for no reason. Fuck. Now he's starting no to affect reason. my health plans, bro. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get good health, too, nigga. Like, I'm trying to go to the doctor and live, too, son. And then the pandemic happens, and I was just like, fuck this nigga. I, yeah. I don't care no more. Like, I, any shimmer of hope, and I would never vote for him. I'm just saying that this is my perspective on it. So a lot of people throughout the time would look at me a certain way. But like I said, you have to show it. Like, sometimes you try to give people a clean slate. Because people will talk bullshit all the time to get into power, and then when they get into power, you kind of see what their 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 moves are. But yeah, I think that-, that was the power of Donald Trump in the beginning was he played off of that fact that for countless decades we've seen president after president promise, 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 and then not do what they said they were going to promise or. Something happens where they're not able to fully fulfill what they said that they were going to promise. And then here you have this guy who is talking all this shit on the political campaign, talking about uh, Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers and just all this tough talk. He's going to build a wall and all of these things. And when he does get in, does get into power, he's actually doing it, whether you agreed with the policy or not. For the people that followed him, they saw it and they said, oh, well, see, he's a real dude. But at the end of the day, I mean, it will, like I said, we'll get more into Trump. At the end of the day, you have to look at what is the things that he's promising and fulfilling. And you sitting there and you're like, yeah, he's, he's promising to make Mexican people his enemy. And then he's actually making policies around that. That's a huge problem because I think everybody kind of was hoping that Donald Trump was going to get into office and maybe he wouldn't be the most politically correct president. He say stupid shit all the time, but he would still take the job seriously as in being a president and presenting himself a certain type of way while in office. And when that didn't happen, it's kind of I think everybody experienced what you experienced. In the beginning, it was like, all right, we just we may not fuck with him, but we're going to try and give him a clean slate. We're not going to sit here and say, fuck him completely and things like that. And it's like, as soon as he gets in the office, he's worried about his crowd size. And it's like, okay, that's a little weird, but it's not a big deal, whatever. Then, like you said, boom, this band comes, this comes, that comes. They put in kids in cages and it's like, 
well, is this really what America is now? Like, is this what we trying to say we cool with? And that's where the problem kind of grew. And it's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck if the economy was stellar for three and a half years until a pandemic. It bothers me that I live in a country where people's civil rights are being taken away, whether they're considered legal or not. We always had a gold standard when it came to human rights. And to see somebody be like, man, fuck all of that. We just going to do it my way. It's like, uh, I don't know if I can co-sign this on any way, shape or form. And again, when it comes to the economy, I don't really even I don't give him all of the kudos for that. The economy was already on an up tilt at, when he came in the office. So all he had to do was maintain the fucking economy and and do the little boost that he did. Of course, if you cut taxes for businesses, they're going to start to project that they're doing better because they want them tax cuts. It's that simple. But yeah, I I definitely unfollowed a couple people during this political season. Um, I haven't really gotten into any. My whole family's on the same page, so I didn't get into any back and forth with family. But I definitely unfollowed a few people online. And it's not because there's a difference between being a Republican and being a Trump supporter, in my opinion. Like being Republican and conservative in terms of your values and your political spectrum, I don't have a problem with that at all. We could debate all day. There's some good points on the Republican uh, agenda in terms of physical responsibility or at least what they project because they run up the debt just as much as anybody else, too. But they have good ideals in certain aspects of things when it starts to get into their morality stances and how they try to project that into everyday life. That's where me and the Republican Party split ways. But um, I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with you supporting Trump and not because not simply because it's Trump, but because honestly, bro, I feel like a lot of people that support Trump are just doing it to troll the political system. A lot of it is a lot of it is bots in the first place with misinformation. I sent you all that that picture that showed four different posts of the same thing from different accounts. And that's been happening for the last four years. That's how all this misinformation is going around. But a lot of it, I think, is just a complete troll where people just want to be counter. People just don't want to fall in line simply to say that they're not falling in line. They may see all of the shit that he's doing and they go through all these psychological backflips to try and justify his behavior. And it's like, yo, it's like watching... Uh, a slave master whipped the slave and then the other slaves be like, well, he deserved it. So, you know what I mean? Well, I don't really feel no type of way about it. And it's like, nah, bro, he's still a slave master. Like, you still got to do, we still got to get off this fucking plantation, you know? And then we got the other dude over here. We have an abolitionist who's like, yeah, I'm still kind of racist. I still think certain things about black people, but I'm getting y'all out of slavery. So that's your choice right now. Stay with the slave master or come with me, the abolitionist who's still racist because I'm still white and privileged. Um, but I'm going I'm to get y'all out of this shit right here. I might ask you to do some work I don't want to fucking do and pay you half of what I'm paying the white person. But at least I'm paying you. And I feel like that's kind of really how it sums up. And people go through all these backflips to make it seem like Trump somehow is not like a racist. And it's like, but we see the evidence in our face. It's not... It's not the media telling us this. I'm watching the same 
fucking press conference that y'all are watching and i'm watching him say the same words i watched him come down the escalator like everyone else you know what's crazy about it bro and i had a a, a small re- and i had to check myself a little bit too then I'll, I'll 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 say this about myself a lot of people that i realize especially amongst our own black people that side with trump or or I don't even want to say side with him necessarily, but justify. try to defend or justify some of his actions aren't American black people. This is true. A lot of it is my own Caribbean people, people who didn't come up in this particular struggle of their American life. So we're slightly, I don't want to say naive because it's not like we're not aware of the it's not like we're not aware of the situation and we're not really you, ignorant to it neither, but it's a bit biased. I think I have a little bit of a theory after I had that conversation with old boy that I told you about. I feel like black people that have not grown up under this political system. Mm-hmm. a lot. So a lot of people have been under other systems that aren't like a democratic republic like this is they've been under not i don't want to say dictatorships but there are some black people who have been under dictatorships and other forms of government where the the corruption that we've kind of seen is almost normalized and so they become a little jaded to this political system and i think when trump kind of just symbolize it it's like it almost becomes normalized so when they see trump do certain things they're like that's normal that's not nothing different from what i've seen happen in my country or what i've seen happen from where i come from so you guys are like you're saying it's abnormal and y'all blowing it out of proportion but it has a lot more to do with if you've been under a certain type of political regime like for instance they say a lot of cuban americans voted for uh for trump And as we know, Cuba's political system has had a lot of ups and downs when it comes to dictatorships and uh, quote unquote, the socialism that they did in Cuba, which negatively affected families and stuff like that. And so when you come to America, Trump's behavior doesn't alarm you because you've been under a dictatorship or you've seen a dictatorship and his movements are kind of in line with that as opposed to American who has been here and is not used to presidents acting more like a dictator than as a president that listens to everybody and it being alarming. And so I think that's part of the the issue in the pot too. That is a, that is a fact. And I think, I think um, that's part of it. And I think a lot of people just judge situations that they're not familiar with. Like you said, mm-hmm. like has, has the American government, kind of i don't want to say spoiled but has they have they what's the word i want to use made black people dependent on government care sure but it was that systematically set up to be that way sure so it's like it's one of those things where you can't speak on it and I, that's why I, sometimes i found myself talking about it and i'm like you know what i i didn't grow up in this society so it's unfair for me to try to, you know, force my view on how I think things should be ran or why I think things why I think things are wrong when I never really grew up underneath the system. So it's right. hard for me to comprehend it when, you know, I wasn't 
you know, like I wasn't, I didn't grow up on certain things. And, and, I'm, and, and I'm just like, you know what? Some black people have the, American black people have a right. They have a different view on it. I never experienced slavery. You know, my parents never experienced slavery. As far as I know, not even my grandparents experienced slavery. Not to say that it wasn't happening where I came from. It's just that it wasn't something that was preached onto us as a big thing growing up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the 60s and the 70s or the 50s or the 40s, my grandparents were like, yeah, you know, growing up, you couldn't go to this bathroom or that bathroom. Like That wasn't right. a thing for us. Right. So, you know, I can't I can't envision that. So a lot of people that come up are fighting for certain justices. It's just like you can't really speak on it if you've never been through it. It's not a reality for you. You know, I you know, we grew up and like you said, certain things become normalized. So growing up, you know, police violence and certain things like that, like gangs do certain things. It's dumb as dumb. We don't see the targeting because it's so much of us and it's our own kind doing it to us that it doesn't seem like targeting. It doesn't feel like it, right. So it's like, you can't really be like, well, they're targeting us because it was other black police officers doing it to us. So it didn't seem as if though there was targeting happening. So I, I, I respect it on one hand and on another side, I'm just like, you know what, but I see where the flaws are as well. But it's not my place to judge it. All I could do is just be like, I'll give my opinion on it here and there. But I can't be upset or find your point of view wrong. I could just be like, well. Well, I think I, you made a good point. I think it's the important thing is, right, like, we can't judge an experience we never had. We can offer what we believe are solutions or at least enter the conversation to help with solutions. But we can't judge. And I think a lot of people do do that. A lot of people do look at certain things and they judge it. Just like how you said a little bit, Americans are spoiled to some extent because of the type of government we have where certain rights and stuff are given. However, there's a historical context to those rights. So there's a, a slew of people that got here in 2000 and up and they think the black experience isn't as bad as maybe they've heard about yet in 2000, a lot of the uh, ills that black people had fought for were the the accomplishments were made and not to say that there weren't more accomplishments to be made but black people could vote by then black people were no longer in segregation black people jim crow the jim crow era was over however when you look at it in the context we're talking about 30 40 years we're not talking about like uh 3 centuries ago black people earned the right to vote we're talking about 30 years 40 years when we're talking about those things. And so a lot of us are reaping the benefit. And I think that some uh, young black people take it for granted too, because they never yeah, saw I mean, the struggle. I think that, and I think it's also, it's different, bro. And you said something that's not that made me that, that I didn't want to trigger, but it made me think about something. And I look at my own country, like I'm from Belize. We got independence in 1981. Mm -hmm. And upon getting independence, everybody could vote. There was mm -hmm. no exception to it. Right. Everybody had the right to vote. So I, I could not imagine growing up in a time where the country was already independent, but yet we were told that we don't deserve to vote. Because of the color of your skin. Because of the color. It's simply because of the color of my skin. 
And prior to that, when we were a colonial, a colonial country, it was understood that you couldn't vote because the political process just wasn't, the infrastructure wasn't there for it yet. Mm-hmm. And that was just that. So the people growing up in that era simply understood that because the infrastructure wasn't there for it yet. It was being ran by a whole different country. Right. So even the other Caribbean countries that got independence at a certain time, once it, once the independence was established, everybody could vote because those people fought for it. So in this particular situation, independence was fought for in this country, but it wasn't a battle that we necessarily faced. It was a battle that happened, and then we just got thrown into the into the stool with it, and right. we were just told what we can and could not do, right? Because we right. were raised slaves to begin with. So a lot of a lot of like I said, the Americans, the American black people who were who came up in this society have a different mindset. And I could only imagine if my grandfather was just like, "No, you need to go vote because you don't know what it's like to not." Yeah, have I got that. beat. I got beat trying to go vote, so you need to go vote. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of a lot of our younger Gen Z, I would say, even though Gen Z came out strong, I'm not going to put that on them like that, but I do feel like a lot of these 25 and under try to be so counter to everything that they fall under some of this Trump bullshit that's being spun about being a quote-unquote free thinker, and that meaning... That if everybody's voting Democratic, you should vote opposite because everybody's just being sheep and and not really looking up. Oh, well, the Democratic Party did this, that and the third. It's not that at all. I think you have very intel. First of all, if you look at the black leaders that were kind of leading the movement this year during the election, you're talking about very intelligent individuals. Stacey Abrams has a JD and a master's. Of course, she has a bachelor's. You're talking about people like Angela Rye. You're talking about people like uh, Keisha Bottoms. Like there's a, there are really intelligent Tamika Mallory, very smart individuals what? telling you certain things. And I get it. I understand. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be. It's not about party. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not about, oh, you have to vote Democratic. I'm just saying these intelligent individuals aren't voting this way in an election that they're saying is one of the most important in their lifetime for no reason. They're not sheep and they're not, the wool isn't over their eyes. They're intelligible individuals that are not going to get and, and aren't, you know, happy with the democratic party. So it's just kind of like the hoops that niggas have to go through is what, what bothers me to try and justify being counter. I agree. And I, I just want to make this one statement to, and and I, I, and why I think sometimes it's on both sides. And this is where people would, that's another controversial statement, our own black people would side with obvious racists to not support. It's like there's two sides of their moral compass and they got to lean to which side makes more sense for them. Mm-hmm. They would prefer to side with Trump and the obvious racism rather than so than siding with the liberal agenda simply because they don't support what their views are on it's like the conserve the conservative nature overrides the liberal wants. Right. Right. You feel me? So it's like they're not in support of the LGBTQ. 
They're not in support of abortion. They're not in support of these particular agendas. So they would prefer to align themselves with the conservative mindset. Not not necessarily the I don't think no black person supports racism. If they do then that's a that's a sickness and that that's that. Cuz yeah, you have you'd be to surprised cuz I I do feel like we kind of seen that this election year. We kind of but I think it. I think people support the conservative mindset. I also agree with that. I think there's a I think there's a separation. I think there's both. I think there is a people that strongly believe in certain conservative values. They go to church. I, I I would say rural Georgia, black rural Georgia, maybe like Savannah, would be a case where you would see a lot of God-fearing, uh, super Christian black uh, people who would have more conservative values. Um, but even though they came out for Joe Biden this time around. Um, but yeah, I agree with that. I think there's probably three different factions we're, we're dealing with. We're dealing with... Some some people who would you you're, we're dealing with a group of people who are are saying to themselves, America is racist anyway. The Democratic Party is racist too. Trump is just open about it. I think that's a false equivalency. I do the the Democratic Party has ways to go when it comes to race and sex and everything else. But if you look at the two parties, just look at them like on paper. Like if they show you the faces, the, the the makeup of the parties don't look anywhere near one another, yeah, and so they, they don't. So like off off rip, I think that's a false equivalence equivalency. Do I again? Do I think that the Democrats are amazing on race? No, because at the end of the day, this is still a country that was built for rich white people, and the political party of the Democrats is still high ticketed by rich white folks. And they may they may be progressive, meaning they may want to learn about where they were illed or wronged on the side of race. But that doesn't mean that they're necessarily cured of racism. It means that they might be more willing to do something about it. And I think that that does matter to some extent. You can't say someone who's just stuck in their ways of thinking black people are, are a certain type of way and they don't want to hear nothing about it is the same as someone who may have a, a preconceived notion about a black person but be willing to learn and say that they might be wrong and want to change their ideas. So I think we have that faction. I think we have the people who have to be counterculture, the black people that just have to be counter to, like they can't fall in line no matter what. It's just against their spirit to to do what, quote unquote, everybody else is doing. And, um, and then I do think there, there's a small sliver of black people in support of racism. Yeah, the Which house is kind of wild. Let's just let's just call it what it is. The house yeah. niggas, they're cool with it. They they're cool with massa, you know. As long as they get the perks. Inside. As long as exactly, exactly, they're cool with massa <laughs> letting them sleep on the bed. They're cool with being in the house. They love coming on the porch and staring at the other field niggas. Mm-hmm. They love that shit. And unfortunately, that's just the reality amongst our culture. That that in any scenario, that's just going to be the case. However, I think. Um, I think you made an excellent point. I don't believe all Democrats aren't racist. I do think there's still a lot of racist individuals amongst the Democrat Party, but I think there's a lot of them that are just understanding of the fact that you still need everybody for it to work go smoothly. So Mm -hmm. they're willing to cooperate, and that goes a long way. So um, 
and if you had to put it both on paper, you I think it just really comes down to what your personal views are and who you what what side of the 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 coin do you flip on? Do you are you more of a conservative or are you more of a liberal person? And that's where you that's where it's going to go. And that's the that's the Democrat Republican argument for the most part. But then Trumpism is a whole nother scenario for me. Yeah, I don't Trump, even Trump align that his with own theory. Yet, I mean. Yeah, that's is that is literally we want it to be like the 1950s where white people at white men are at the top of the social status. White women come second and everybody else just gets the scraps, whether you're black, Facts. Latino. His, you know, Hispanic, Latino, X, however you want to describe it, um, or whatever, the, Muslim, Indian, uh, I think Trump, not Christian, you know what I'm saying? Like anything under the spectrum that isn't what the Anglo-Saxon white Christian male <laughs> is, you you mm. under that, you know, I, and y'all niggas get the scraps. I One thing I will say, bro, we can move forward after this, is just... When Trump got into power, I was just hoping that he was going to get in there and be a businessman. But what he turned out to be was exactly what I feared, mm-hmm. is that he was going to be the spoiled, rich, white brat. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what turned off mad people about him. Because there was a lot of people that want to be like, we know what time he is, but at least he's going to get up there and be a businessman. And hopefully we all get to make money under this shit and things just keep pushing. Right. Nah, this nigga had to go up there and exude the fact that he's a rich, spoiled brat. And that's yeah. what threw a lot of people off. And that's what emboldened all of the other white people that aren't even rich. They saw that and they saw him just pushing around his weight and his power and and making everything all white. Everything was a subtle little hint. He didn't always outwardly be racist, but when you kind of make your whole cabinet white, the only black person is the token black person, Ben Carson, just toting around. You have uh, Omarosa, uh, just be the token black woman, and you're doing those little things just so people can't call you a racist and whatnot. But you're doing all the things, like you said, of a rich, spoiled, white, privileged man that can get away with being that, and that's that. Yeah, and that's but, what threw a lot of people off. That leads us into the election. So 60,000 people voted for Kanye. <laughs> Kudos Why? to y'all niggas. I mean, Why, I bro? You know, it's <laughs> funny about it, bro. It's almost like niggas went to the polling station and be like, oh, Kanye really on this shit? All right. That's the <laughs> thing, though. Kanye's name wasn't even on the ballot. You had to write niggas his name in. Niggas wrote his name in? You All had right, to write son. his name in, son. You know what? That's 60 loyal people. 60,000 loyal people, son. 60, That's 60,000 lost ass motherfuckers, honestly. I hope you can <laughs> sell that much when these albums drop. Yeah, exactly. You better, y'all better put all that effort into some music. Facts. But I, listen, man, again, I think that's that counterculture bullshit. I don't want to vote for either one of them because I don't agree with either one. Understood. Heard. Then just, you just don't vote. <laughs> yeah, you're just not doing anybody a service. Uh, in that way or capacity. And I, I just encourage people to get a little bit more informed about the political system because you'll be less susceptible to a lot of the misinformation that goes around on social media. If you just kind of look into history and that you bring up a fabulous point that I meant to say earlier, bro. A lot of it is as people 
conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about this rabbit hole stuff a while ago. People, for whatever reason, especially with the younger generation, get so caught up in, oh, you like that? But what if I told you this? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it gives them some type of power, bro. It, it does. It's like, for whatever reason, you could watch this YouTube video and this some this dude will tell you shit that would make you second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. You could sit there and you could be like, I know the sun is burning fucking crimson orange, crimson red orange. And these niggas is telling you it's actually a ball of ice. It's y'all are feeling really y'all feeling <laughs> cold. Like, it's so cold it feels hot. So co- some nigga would get on this joint and tell you the moon is fake. It's a it's a flashlight in the sky. And you would sit there and be like <laughs> And it'll drop mad it all this wild shit. Well in 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 eighteen I mean in nineteen eighty seven, uh three explorers went up there and there's some footage, but they the Pentagon never released it. You can only never find it on the it. dark web. And fact, I got this bro, footage right like, here. That I'm like, yo, these niggas is no different than your homie on the block telling you he hit Shakira, but can't prove that he hit Shakira. And Shakira's like, I never seen this man in I my life. I never seen this nigga in a day in my life, but he telling you he smashed. So these niggas would come with mad would, facts on it. Mad the pussy fa- was yo, great. Yo, her pussy was great. Yo, she had that red thong, bro. Yo, I'm <laughs> telling you, bro. I'm telling you, son. She had a tattoo on the thigh, knowing the nigga is lurking on her grandma. She got mad pictures in bikinis. Listen, <laughs> I need people to understand that not all alternative facts is as as what Trump has said. You feel me? That, which was on purpose, by the way. Which is on purpose. Fact. It it to get you to not believe anything. And this is what's sad. If anything, the only credit I will give Trump is that. He opened a lot of people's eyes and it turned out great because a lot of people was able to further research some of the weird bullshit. So, but yeah, I was I just wanted to say that like a lot of people were swayed into believing like the whole like the whole Republican Democrats thing, oh, black people was was more Republicans first. Yes, they were, but along the line, nigga, along right. the motherfucking line, bro. History. History. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas Boy. gotta get into their history and realize. That there was a flip. There was a switch. Yes, Lincoln was a Republican. But uh, Ronald Reagan was also a Republican and said that we were lazy welfare uh, seeking individuals that were on drugs. So at the end of the day, you have to understand that there was a switch. And if you go into history, you'll find you'll figure it out. I'm I read up on it. I don't remember all the specific facts. But there was a point in time where the Democrats moved away from their racist rhetoric and their their racist beliefs. And I think it has something that now you can argue the reasoning. Was it because they felt racism was bad? No, it was more so because they were losing elections and they had to find a new pool of voters to get involved, to give them the numbers. I don't even think it's necessarily that. I just think that the Democrats slowly moved support a different agenda that's simply it well in in terms of the historical context of it there was there was a time where they start so the republican party was winning elections and the democratic party 
um, started to align themselves with what they consider to be the working man at that point in time. And that's where you kind of start to see the shift in the party's views and ideas and the the grouping and them starting to kind of reach out to black and brown people and see what their uh, political wants and desires were and see if that they could reach out and at least promise in the beginning without potentially uh, going through with it. And then you, you lead up to the the civil rights movement and you have these democratic uh, individuals holding office that are more willing to desegregate, more willing to give rights, and you start to see the party again shift more sword, more towards kind of figuring out how to work for black people. Now, of course, naturally, part of it was because of votes. It's like we're not getting these particular type of white people, and the Republicans are killing us in this area, so it'll be years before we could sway or shift voters ideas but wait there's a whole untapped pool of people that if we we get into is 13 percent of the country and if we can get them on our side whether it is we actually believe in everything that that they believe in or we can just get their vote and potentially things will work itself out is a different story you can argue and you can debate that but that's where the shift kind of started to happen and so, yeah, you can definitely say, yeah, the, well, Republicans are da 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 da. But we've all seen, also seen the Republican Party be openly racist. It's not that like is a, a fact. It's not like a thing. It's not something made up. When nine eleven happened, boy, <laughs> like, they proved it, bro. I feel like I feel like people who have seen the racism, bro. I think this is that, like you said, a lot, like we said earlier. A lot of people align themselves with things that they aren't well informed about or things they just don't have no experience with. Yeah, and so, they let the conspiracy lead them because they're too lazy to do the actual research. That's where we are in, in today's society is people are getting a mass majority of their information from Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And all you have to do is throw a little percentage in there Use one or two big words and say you have sources and people will believe it as opposed to reading that and going online and then maybe. And and this is simple Googling to see if these things match up and just going into it. I do that every time I see something and I'm like, that don't sound right or that that's interesting. I never heard of that. One thing I will say, and I, I thank God for this. One thing that I will say is a different narrative about this election is that all of the black leaders have been bold enough to say, hey, don't chill. Everything yeah. is not sweet. Yeah. Like, and I, I love the black message in terms of, yeah, okay, we may not like Biden 100%. We had to do that to make sure that we can get our agenda done because best believe Trump is not going to listen to our agenda the way y'all think. So you may not like Biden. That's cool. But we're not stopping with Biden. That was never the goal. The goal was to get us in a position that we continue to work on our agenda. So let's do that. So as y'all know, Biden has one narrow margin. Donald Trump is out here and he does not want to concede like we spoke about. Um, the niggas talking about potentially even running again in 2024. 
Uh, you can do that if you if you, you only won one term, you can run again in twenty twenty. Yeah, you can you can run. You just can't be president more than two terms. So interesting. Okay, he he can run again in twenty twenty four. I don't necessarily. I mean, you never know, but I don't necessarily see that as being successful. Was, nah, he'll be eighty one then. Nah, nah, we, nah, he'll be eighty one. You'll if Biden does a good job, you're gonna all Kamala this Trumpism Harris shit. Should be the next president. Yeah, all this Trump shit is going to die in two years if Biden does a good job, and it's going to be hard for him. It's going to be extremely hard because Mitch McConnell and the rest of the Republicans are already pledging to kind of give him a hard time, but. If if the country's in a decent spot and like we're seeing a lot of prosperity in certain areas, all that Trump shit is going out the window. But I agree. Kamala Harris has a good shot of being the president in 2024. If uh, I think I don't think Biden is going to run another term. I think he's going to Biden is 70. Biden is 78. He's turning 78 this month. Listen, Biden is good. Like Biden, you run, you buy, you gonna be eighty two when this is done. Eighty two. First of all, he's not son, running. A, got, he's not running the second term. I don't you see. You gotta it. get these old white men out of here, bro. Honestly, yeah. son, you gotta get these old white men out of here. Like honestly, I don't, if, I think they should put a cap on how old you should be to even be president. Like it should be like thirty five to sixty. Like after sixty, you need to. You gotta relax. Right. But if you notice, bro, if you if you notice, Biden is putting Kamala out in the open with him a lot more often than previous or past presidents. So I honestly feel like he's setting her up to be like a presidential candidate or to to get the limelight. Because I I honestly don't see him running another term. That would be ridiculous, like you said. I think most people already kind of understand. I think a lot of people, even in the political arena, I think that they're not going to say it out loud, but I think a lot of them are thinking it like, yo, Biden is going to be the face of it, but he's going to let a Kamala do a lot of the a lot of the groundwork. He's going to give her much more power to be in certain meetings, to really take front. Like he's going to do all the, you know, the national TV stuff, but I think Kamala is going to be the face of a lot of things. She's going to be the mm-hmm. one you know, dishing out the dishing out the tea and the one it's just going to be interesting because a lot of people are going to have a hard time listening to and this is not a sexist thing where we just have a lot of misogynistic people in power is going to have a hard time listening to a woman let alone a black woman so, and that's why i do feel like she is uh perfect her and susan rice because she's the type of black woman that will look you dead in your eye and be like no, you're going to listen. You could try all that stupid shit you With want. A smile on her hey, face, bro. Hey, you're going to listen. Like, if you ever met an AKA before, and Kamala is an AKA, you know that AKAs will sass patass your ass into doing something. Factual, <laughs> boy. <laughs> and just look at you. Like, look, no, you're getting smile. it done. Like, you're going to listen. Yeah. And you're going to do it my way. Okay? And you're going to do it my way. Okay. <laughs> And All you right. play with me if you want to. Play me. You know what? I think you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Clean. Lawsuit on your desk the next day. Like, I didn't need, it wasn't even that serious. Yes, it was. You were dealing with an AKA. But 
that kind of brings the other sad aspect of it. And you have a lot of black people saying she's not black. And I'm like, I don't know when we got to this point. If where she's not black, Barack was not black. Move the fuck on. And they be saying Barack ain't black. And People it's like punched in the nose. <laughs> I'm like, yo, y'all really, y'all really different. Y'all different out here. Just because somebody has a bit of a, a mixed ethnicity, they're not black. Like that means that oh, damn near all of y'all ain't black. That's because everybody got some shit in them. Your damn self. Clean. That's simply what that and it's funny because a lot of black people are racist, but don't want to admit the fact that they are racist. Because we are very racist towards other cultures. But a lot of us don't want to admit that. And I'll, I'll have to say that also means ignorance because it's like, if you know how this, even though this structure is a social construct, if you break it down, race is things like black, Asian, white, except. Then you go into ethnicities. And that's when you start to see the diversity of Jamaican or uh, African American, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot when you si- can't tell the difference, bro. So when you sit there and you're like, she's not black, it's like anybody under her contextual, whether she has Indian in her or not, would Indians be considered black. black. <laughs> they would be under black. Indians so, are black. There's no other. There's no other. They're not Hispanic. You can, I mean, you can I say guess South you can Asian. Say, it's I South Asian, technically. Asian. Yeah, technically, you can say they Asian. are Asian. Technically, yes, they are Asian. because. But when they check continent. off that box, you know what I mean? Especially they're, Kamala. They're black. She's <laughs> not checking off Southeast Asian. She's not take, checking off on motherfucking things besides the fact that she was born in America and she's black. Clean. It's like me. And... and I, I say it this way, and then I'll let, I'll, you know, you, you could say what you were saying. When, when Kamala walks into a store full of white people, do you think they sit in there saying, oh, that's a South Asian, Asian woman? Or do you think they're saying that's a black woman? And that's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Bro, and I do this sometimes for shits and giggles. I'm from Belize, so technically I'm Hispanic, Latino. I check off Latinos sometimes just to get a kick out of it because I like the look that people look at me when I do it. Like, oh, you're a Latino? Yeah. Is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> like, just to see their reaction. So at the end, so... <laughs> y'all gotta relax <laughs> on some real shit because... She's half Indian and half Jamaican. Like, there ain't no black and Black and Jamaican, bro. That's what I'm, I'm like, yo, y'all are bugging me out, son. There's nothing blacker than Jamaican, son. What are we talking about, there's son? Only three, there's only three ethnicities on this fucking planet that you could be like, there's no doubt in their blackness. And that's a Nigerian, a Jamaican. <laughs> And a Kenyan. There's the only three <laughs> niggas that you could be like, ain't no doubt. It's undoubtedly like you can black. Like don't don't get stupid, y'all. And yes, there are there are different uh, Jamaicans on Jamaica too. But let's not let's not do that. Let we know when you hear Jamaican, some we all remember the sandals commercial 
Talking about come to Jamaica, Jamaica. and feel alright, all right. and you ain't seen not one South or nothing. You ain't seen not one white person unless they were the ones coming to the island. Cut the shit, y'all. Don't don't pick and choose just because y'all don't want to, uh, you know, validate that this woman is one of the. Yeah, this goes back to the conspiracy stuff. It goes back to the oh well. They are putting the quote unquote uh more favorable because she's light skinned. That might be true. That, that might is, be I mean, true. That's most likely true because at the end of the day, you still gotta please the palate of people. She's more palatable. We spoke about this a while back when it was be- between her and Stacey Abrams. It's just she's more palatable for white people, and that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but that is the reality. It's the truth. It's it, it it is what it is. White people are gonna look at her. And for whatever godforsaken reason, they're going to feel more comfortable, just like they felt more comfortable with a light-skinned Barack. And again, that shows the ills of this society. But we all know that they are playing a political game. They have to, unfortunately, play this system until we get the system right. And it doesn't make it right at all. But it is what it is. It's, It's where we are. And so, like... It could very well be true that they picked a a more fair skinned individual like Kamala over Stacey Abrams because they felt she would resonate. I'll use the word resonate to be a little bit nicer. She'd resonate with white folks a little bit more. But, you know, we, we have to stop trying to take away people's blackness um, just because. People just oh, need to relax, man. Like y'all, y'all overthinking it. Like at the end of the day, anything that happens within this political agenda, at the end of the day, we still gotta fight for it. Her and Biden ain't finna go up in there and just make shit happen. Like we still gotta get out there. Niggas still need to march. Niggas still need to rally. Niggas still need to protest in order for progress to be made, y'all. Like let's not make the same mistake we made at Barack. And not because that they're in office, assume that everything will fix itself. Because at the right. end of the day, you know, we still got to make it them aware. We got to make them aware of the things we want. Don't assume that they know what we want. And at the end of the day, let's let's not fall asleep at the wheel like we did. We thought, like you said, bro, we thought that just simply because it was a black woman. I mean, it was a black man in office that black agenda was going to get pushed through. And that's just not how politics works. And so let's like let's not be ignorant. And like you said, you said it earlier. It's wonderful that I feel there are way more black people involved in politics and they seem to be a little bit more educated. But with that being said, let's not. Just think because she's a black face in the white or the White House, that everything is just going to magically change. It, it has to do with, yes, yeah, she's representation, but we as a black community have to still do our part to change our communities and do the work and make sure that we give her a good name. Because imagine if she's in office for four years and we're cleaning up what we need to clean up in our communities, and by the end of it, we are in a space where we have a little bit more financial freedom. And there's less crime and they can stop throwing certain muck at us 
Now it's easier for her to push an agenda for the black community. Because it's like, yo, they already started the work. I'm just throwing them a bone. You know what I'm saying? Instead of it being like, these people are in these crime-ridden situations, blah, 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 whatever stereotypical stuff that they throw out there, and she's trying to push a quote-unquote black agenda. It no longer becomes a black agenda, and then it becomes, well, no, we're doing community building because such and such and such and such. Um, And I think a lot of us have to start looking at it from that perspective too, where it's like, she is just representation, which is a lot in itself, just like Barack was representation. And you have a lot of black men now feeling more empowered to be able to be president or hold high office or be a CEO. But the political process doesn't mean that just because she's black, everything's going to be blackity, blackity, black. We're still only 13 percent of this population. No one country is going to put all their resources into the 13 percent. And disregard the other fucking huge portion of the population, that overwhelming portion of the population that is going to then look at that 13% and have a huge issue with it. It's just never going to go that way. But speaking of our communities, we lost another young artist coming up, King Von. Yeah, man. Rest in peace to that young brother right there. Chi-Town. Uh, old block i listened to his project very talented uh artist coming up unfortunately though you know if you live in a certain type of lifestyle you do run the risk of losing your life uh in that type of way and king von was definitely one of those individuals that was known for not playing around and actually living his lyrics and it's just unfortunate that he was killed in gun violence um, and I feel like he's Shy Town's pop smoke, honestly. That's what it's feeling like. Um, so yeah, RIP to, to that unfortunate situation and that young man. Um, and then of course this clown, I don't want to say his name, but this clown went under little Dirk's uh memorial post of King Von and said and taunted him basically saying, Oh, he died and another person died and you still ain't pick up a gun. You still just rapping. And it's like. This little boy is not going to stop until he gets hurt. And we've said it time and time again. There's just certain people. Little Dirk in, in their camp. Little Dirk has had an amazing run and clearly he looks like he's trying to be on the up and up and and, and change his life. I guarantee you there are people that saw his post and they're looking for that little boy right now. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. This I think you said this cat just loves controversy, man, and it's only a matter of I ain't I'm never wished I'm never gonna I'm not even gonna wish it on him. Just karma is a real thing, man, and you can't keep you can't keep playing with fire like that. It's only a matter of time before you get burned and get severely burned at that. So yeah, yeah I feel like at this relax. point they're not even they're not even looking to put a put a bullet in him at this point. I feel like at this point, if someone catches him, they're going to torture that boy. And I, like you said, I'm not wishing nothing on him. But when you do things like this, this, this young brother just died. Everybody is mourning. Everybody is, is RIP. And here you come looking for clout. You're not doing this for nothing else but clout. And getting your name back in the media because you've been quiet for months and months and months. 
because your your shit flopped. Nobody's checking for you. Nobody cares about you anymore. It's the same thing with the way Donald Trump going outside. You went outside, bro, and it's cool. It's over. Your time. You had your time, and you made some miscalculations because just like Donald Trump, you didn't know when to stop. If you knew when to fucking stop, you might still have a bit of a fan base, or you might still have a little bit of people in your corner checking for you. But you have you could do all the controversy shit, but you have to have a, a stopping point. You have to know, all right, I did too much, and now I got to start changing the image a little bit. If you don't, you're going to burn out just like everybody else. And so you're in this space where now you're fiending for clout. You're doing anything. You tried to do a, a fucking interview. You was fiending, ready to suck dick for an interview. You finally got one from the shade room. That shit was corny. That shit was ass. And you looked like a clown. You made yourself look stupid. And now what do you do? Somebody just died. And you use that as a means to capitalize to get your name back in people's mouths. It's just like you're looking for it, son. You're looking for when these niggas catch you. They're not just going to, you know what I mean? They're not just going to take you out. They're going to string you up somewhere. And it's not going to be pretty. So I at this point, it's not even about like giving advice. It's just like. I'm not going to be surprised when the news comes out. That's that's how I'm going to say it. Shit is um, crazy, bro. Yeah, man. Congrats to Cori Bush, the first black woman to be elected to Congress in Missouri. Um, Congrats to that lady right there. Now, bro, there was a very interesting thing. I think Distinguish had put this in our chat regarding future and him talking about the importance of residual income. Did you watch that? That was the first time this nigga Future made some sense, bro. <laughs> hey, I man. mean, no, I would expect a guy like him who's been in the game for a little bit to understand that type of stuff. So um, he did spit some facts. I think he he said it as accurately as he could. And he's just explaining the value of how how um, advanced money work. Because at the end of the day, if you get a million dollar advance, that's a million dollars advance before you have to pay taxes on it. Now, understand, young artists, that when you get an advance for a million dollars, half of it goes to taxes. However, you still have to pay back the full one million dollars. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the advance was given to you for a million. The the label ain't gonna be like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you got only you only gotta get back half because you had to pay half for taxes. That's not their concern. You still have to pay back a million. So before you go and blow your entire money. You know, you might be getting two, three million. Cool. Just remember half of what you receive, you have to pay for taxes. You still got to pay management, accountants, you know, representatives. You still got to give percentages here, percentages there. You know, by the time you get back your money, half go to taxes. And then the next half, you got to divvy up amongst your team. You might only be walking away with maybe 30 or 40 percent of what you actually got but you still owe the full balance. So always keep that in mind. Is that, and then, again, like if you get a million, let's say, we're just going to just use use uh, easy percentages or easy, easy numbers. You get a million, about half of that shit might go to taxes. And if you go and spend a million dollars, you're already in the hole. So you went and you spent a million because you got a million, not realizing that you're supposed to put half of that shit away for taxes. And we spoke about this like maybe three episodes ago. You're supposed to put half of that shit away to pay taxes. 
And then the other half that you, you really only have half a million dollars to play with. And even with that, like you said, there might be other things that you need to manage or take care of. Maybe you have a team of security. You might have some other things that you are, are really, you, you're invested in. And so you're already playing a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of the advance. And then you're also playing behind the eight ball if you're not finding other streams of income because that half a mil really should be going towards trying to get that mill back and not that's just a play fact. money. So, you know, you put yourself behind the eight ball and then that's when the residual comes in. You lose the money though. Cause a lot of these artists don't even realize, bro. Like depending on the type of D you structure, just with your management team, your management team taking 20%. If you didn't structure that deal that they're taking 20% after taxes from your advance, then they'll take in 20% from the actual cut. Right. So they're taking 20% of the mill and not right. from the 20% of what's left over after over. you pay your taxes. So, and all right, let, let's look at it from this point. You take a, a million dollar advance deal. Let's say you pop in, you're making some stride. The label comes and be like, yo, we want to sign you. We'll give you a million dollars to sign with us. Boom, pop, 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 pop. Three album deal. We lit. You sign the million dollar deal. Now, you take that million dollar advance. Let's say you were smart enough to structure that you get paid and you pay people based on your percentage after you pay your taxes. So, boom, half goes to taxes. The next 500K, you had to divvy up, let's say, 30% of what is the representation of that 500K now, right? Now the label turns around and say, hey, you got to do an album. We'll give you 200 grand to do this album, to record it, get it mixed and mastered, pay all your producers, shoot your videos. So the label just fronted you another 200K. So now you're in the whole $1.2 million. Mm -hmm. Now the label is like, hey, album sounds great. We love it. We want to put it out. It's going to touch everywhere. The album goes and spends 500 grand promoting your project. Making sure it hits all radio stations, making sure that it's the units are up, making sure that it's touching everywhere in the world. So now you're in the whole $1.7 million, on top of which there's a 15% interest rate on the loan they have given you. Now, on top of that, from the original mill that you got, you got 500 after taxes, you had to give up 30% to management. Um, your lawyers, your accountants, everybody have to get paid. 30% of 500 mil is 150, I mean, 500,000 is 150 grand died. So all you have left now is 350K. Right. But you're in the hole, 1.7 mil. And this album better make it back. And if it doesn't, and you have, and you blew all your money, you now find yourself in a hole. Now you're broke because your touring isn't an option now. So what a lot of artists would have done was they would have put out the project. Let's say the project didn't do that well. Maybe one single went platinum and the album didn't really sell, no, no, didn't really do good or no sales. By the time the album built up interest that you owe two million. Now let's say the album, let's say the album made 1.8 million. Now you still owe the label 200 grand now you go on tour, the label is going to start, the label is not going to pay you a cent 
of residual income until it's received its royalty. I mean, right. it's, it's it, what it's owed. So you're not going to receive no royalties until the album, until the label, and you are square. Then when you are square with the label, then the label is going to be like, all right, now you could go to your structured deal, which is whatever. Most most artists who have great lawyers would do like, yo, you know, yeah, we have a, a 50-50 split, but during the time frame that I owe you money, let's do an 85-15 split. Mm-hmm. So that at least you're getting back some level of money to stay afloat. Meanwhile, the label is still recouping their money, but you're getting at least 15% to pay right. your bills, making sure that you could do it. Else, all you keep doing is asking for advance after advance because you blow that money. Now you need more money to lose. The, the label don't care because they're making money. So and, and even applying this to regular life in terms of residual income really should be the income that's the play play money. We all should be striving to get some form of residual income in terms of the music industry. That tends to be the royalties and everything that you get after the label makes its money back. But in terms of everyday life, we do need to find something that can help us. The goal is always in in the game of Monopoly to have that piece of property that makes you money without you having to do something every day. Right. And we all need to strive to find what that is, whether it is as an artist, and I'm going to give away some gems, but like, let's say you're a digital creator and you make some, some uh, tutorials as to how to draw like you. And maybe you make it a, a maybe you make a only fans just to keep it easy. You make a only fans and you get the residual from that because every time people subscribe monthly, you're getting $10 every month from said users or individuals. And so now you have an extra $10 coming in from three people. You got $30 coming in every month. And you, you're you literally not doing anything, but you uploaded whatever you uploaded. And so every time you get a new subscriber, they look at your thing and all you're doing is, is really uploading. You're not actively doing a one-to-one client ratio situation. So... Residuals is something that definitely we all need to figure out for ourselves and it can translate into different. I think that's the one thing about living in the here and now is it can translate into different fields because of the Internet. A lot of people have different ways to monetize what they're doing. I have a homegirl. She shout out to Naima. She owns House of Pumps. And part of what she did for the, for the pandemic is she created dance videos, tutorial videos. And people would have to pay to get that membership access to receive those tutorials and be able to do them. Um, and that was ingenious during the pandemic because you're getting re- you're not you're sitting home chilling. You already made the video. So all you do is promote it. And then every time people sign on, now they're part of this membership where they got to pay you monthly to be part of it and get these videos. And now you have already unlocked residual income. So. Super important. I think uh, Future did break it down pretty well, so everybody needs to go Facts. check that out. Dope, dope, dope information, man. Before we get out of here, I did see that video that Distinguished put in with DMX. and yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it, bro. I really wanted to watch that shit, son. I didn't get a chance nah, to watch it. Nah, you got to watch it, son. It's kind of sad, bro. So basically, DMX, uh, there's a video circulating with DMX. I did an interview, and... He spoke about being 14 years old, doing a robbery, 
and him like kind of divvying up money with some of the people that he did the robbery with and um helping one of the people well telling one of the people go get something for his birthday and he had a mentor at the time and the mentor he said DMX said he doesn't really he, he never really smoked or drank as a kid um but this one time his mentor came around with a blunt and everybody was smoking the blunt and his mentor gave him the blunt and the moment he hit it, it transformed his life. What he found out later on was that the blunt was laced with cocaine. And so it really fucked him up. You could tell during the interview, he was struggling to even go through it. And he said, like, how could you do something like that to a kid? Uh, and it was someone that he really looked up to. And it's just a reminder that we have power over the younger people in our circles. Like, I don't care if it, 14 is ridiculous. Like, that's wild. Obviously, you shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even be, see, if if I'm around teenagers, I always keep myself as, like, uh, in that mentory role. Like, I'm never going to lower my guard to the point where I'm like, yo, smoke this blunt with me, or yo, I mean, I don't smoke, but if I was, I'm not going to do that with, with teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might want to do that with a young 20-year-old. You might want to lower your guard a little bit with them, show them that you're relatable to some extent. But to do some shit like that to a 14-year-old is really kind of crazy. A lot of people got to... rocky, bro. You got to understand, like, you have influence over, over people. And he was looking at that man as a mentor. So that's just a really wild story. I encourage everybody to go watch that, though, uh, for sure. Um, no, that's sad, bro, to be honest with you. That's really sad, bro, because the young people, like, not not, not a 14-year-old. That they, They're impressionable. They're, and, they, and even if they even if they out here robbing like DMX was and thinking that they are grown, they're not. And they're still looking for guidance. They just look for it differently. And so you're that guiding light to them, and you're showing them what's right or wrong. And you out here giving laced blunts to him and you didn't fucked him up man's been in and out of rehab all his life because of that that's crazy to me bro shit, shit is wacky another interesting maybe wacky thing is pfizer is saying that they have a vaccine that shows 90 percent effectiveness so they look into potentially I, roll that I, I out in a couple something months over the weekend saying that new york is going to be one of the first states to to do the test runs we're going to be one of the first states to be mandated yeah, I have to look into it because I, I heard something about a mandate, too. But I don't know if that's, you know, niggas. Because the way where I read it, it was niggas trying to push a, see, I didn't told you type situation. So I have to really read into it and see if it's an actual mandate mandate or if it's something that, like you said, maybe they're rolling out here and uh, there's more to it and people are kind of reading. Either way. Like I said, this looks like it is the prequel uh, to the new season of Earth uh, 2021. <laughs> and it looks like this is about to be the zombie apocalypse uh, chapter because we'll see. We'll see. I I don't think anybody is trying to jump first in line for this vaccine. I'll tell you that much. I agree. But we will see. I'm not going to fully go conspiracy theorist because I, I do feel like if anything... 
was revealed this election period is what's actually a conspiracy versus what isn't. And although vaccines can be a little questionable, I think it's more so on the fact that it's being rushed than anything else. And I'm not comfortable with the idea of it only being maybe almost a year uh, since this pandemic started. And typically it takes like five years to patent and release a vaccine, but we rushing this shit out in a year. I don't really know if you can see what side effects and stuff may be evident in that short period of time. But we're going to see because niggas might three years from now come out and be like, yeah, that, that shit caused cancer. I ain't That's trying to hear what I'm talking about because they'd be like, yes, yeah, it's positive, but we don't know what the long term effects are. So and how could you? It's brand fucking new. It's brand fucking new, but yet you want to mandate it. All right. Yeah. And then niggas, niggas get this vaccine. And five years from now, we find out it got some other wild effect called the zombie apocalypse. Listen, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's wacky for top. Um, and I'm Facts, not anti boy. I'm not anti-vaccine. I do find them to be helpful, obviously. Niggas been taking vaccines since they were born, most of us. Of course, of um, course. So, you know, it's not just going to be some magical switch up, but it's just the it's the sheer fact that it's just kind of forced out here and so quick. I'm a little skeptical about that aspect of it. But, um, yeah, let's wrap up, bro. I'm going to do what would dad say once again. Distinguish is... Uh, is not here today, so you you will not be getting a tough knot. Uh, he might probably write some shit for y'all, but um, what would Dad say? So I was contemplating a little bit about like when you're in a space where you kind of feel like things are being taken away from you, and the question that I had was, how do you respond? Do you fold? Do you blame everyone and everything around you? Do you let the disappointment, pain, and sadness consume you? And if you do want to let you know, if you do, I want to let you know that things that are removed leave a space for something new. When you feel defeated is when you're supposed to fight back the hardest. So that's what dad would say. Um, I know that this time frame has been hard for a lot of different people for various different reasons. And I know that Everybody seems to be a little bit more lighter and happier now, but there is another half of the country that feels elated. I I mean, feels deflated. I'm not really getting into that right now. But what I will say is that there's still people who are living under pandemic conditions who maybe were depressed, maybe felt like they lost their job uh, and all other things because the budget cuts that are happening, especially in New York City, are real. So there's a lot of people I feel like a lot of stuff is taken away from them. And I just want to remind them that this is the time to fight back the most. You don't fall back and just kind of just wellow in the sorrow. You got to fight back. So another episode of Dad has some bow ties and we out. Peace.